This is the Gear Patrol Podcast. In this episode, Steve Mizuki and Tanner Bowden discuss fitness during and after the pandemic and whether working out from home is here to stay. Thanks for joining us. I'm glad you're here. Let's get started. You'll be happy to know that I used every piece of the microphone and headphone setup, which is how I have this suspended microphone situation. Yeah, I am happy to know that. Uh, <laughs> it's good. I love I love the pod equipment, you know, keeping people talking. Um, hello, everyone. I'm Nick Caruso, and you are listening to the Gear Patrol podcast. Every week, I'll be here having conversations with a rotating roster of guests and friends to talk about products and product culture. Joining me today, editor Steve Mizuki. Hi, Steve. Hey, Nick. Do, I assume you know the movie Multiplicity with Michael Keaton. Yes, I am well aware of this film. Okay, I figured. Hi, Steve. <laughs> We're also joined by Tanner Bowden. Tanner, hello. How are you? I'm doing all right. Together, you two run Gear Patrol's outdoor and fitness content. So. Everybody's heard a, like way too much at this point about working from home, WFH, but we're here to talk about working out from home, which is pronounced woof. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> so physical and mental health has been particularly top of mind for the last year. Uh, it's always important, but a special challenge since last spring, specifically how to maintain health during an extended period of isolation when gyms and uh, fitness classes and the like are not available to anyone. People are working out from home. They're woof huh? And uh, I want to dig into the nitty gritty of what that means in a second, but I'm curious what your normal sort of approach to fitness is. Like, would you be going to gyms? Would you be going to classes? Would you be doing stuff on your own? And how has that changed over the past year? Steve, can you start? Absolutely. In part because of what I do for a living. Um, part of my fitness routine at one time was literally just like going to gyms and, and sampling classes that um, I was invited to to test out new fitness products. Um, but I do a fair amount of home stuff. I have um, some adjustable weights that are super handy. And I also bike a ton. Have you been doing virtual stuff or? Yeah, definitely. Tanner and I both actually have been testing out some um, equipment that pairs with an app, the uh, the Jax Jax Dumbbell Connect, um, which is fun and uh, an interesting window into a whole different way of working out. Right. Um, how about you, Tanner? I mean, you are you've you're a marathoner. You what would you normally be doing, and what have you been doing? Yeah, in, endurance cardio has kind of become my my thing in in recent years. But pre-COVID times, our our job just sort of entailed, you know, getting invited to a lot of events and and classes and things that that took place at gyms. Lululemon actually they just recently launched a new yoga mat, and uh, you know they would have invited us to go do yoga with some of their ambassadors. Um, right. Instead, I I did that virtually. Um, so I am doing some of those things virtually still, but my, my typical routine is just running pretty much every morning, skiing in the winter, 
I'll do some like virtual yoga classes every once in a while. Cool. Yeah. Um, you know, for the past year, the hallmarks of our WOFA, you know, our workout from home environment have been that it is really difficult for most people. And basically that's because no one was prepared unless you have a, you know, a Malibu beach home with a, a full gym downstairs or just are, are fortunate enough to have equipment already. You probably had a tough time procuring any. It got really hard to buy stuff after things went haywire. You know, some people could should purchase machinery like Peloton or Tonal or Mirror, that kind of stuff, but most people couldn't. Even so, everyone kind of figured out something. What elements of working out from home uh, do you think will stick around? I think uh, a lot of things will stick around. Uh, I definitely think that the past year has really played into the hands of, of companies like Peloton and Mirror um, because they are able to provide a lot of things that gyms don't, um, or sorry, that gyms do, um, but that people couldn't get from gyms in the past year. Uh, I think the live streaming of the classes with real-time feedback and like actual trainers has enabled people to get a lot of what a gym provides. I was thinking about this though, and, and one thing that you can only get from a gym that you cannot get from any home workout is the opportunity to get away from your family, um, <laughs> which I, I think is a vital factor for some people. So I was thinking like, are gyms just gonna be dead? And then I was like, no, the people that, that need the gym for that will wanna go back to a, an actual physical gym when they can. Right. That is, I mean, that's a main point of this, right? Is that, I mean, it's sort of dark to say that it's, it's to escape your family only. <laughs> also, there's that, that social aspect of a gym, right? So that you're in a class or next to someone who is either directly or sort of subconsciously motivating you. Uh, people are missing it. What about you, Tanner? You have any, any thoughts on what is going to sort of remain after we get closer to normal? Yeah, you know, in the beginning when we did have all those gear shortages, like the, the kettlebell shortage was one that really yeah. stands out in my memory as just like a crazy, unexpected thing. Um, and people were, you know, making their own kettlebells at home. I, Steve, I'm pretty yeah. sure you wrote like a whole article about this, did you not? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a bunch of replacement items like, you know, like milk jugs and gas cans and other things you could use in place of a kettlebell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it like sounds really goopy, but I, so that's something I would file in. That's not going to stick around. <laughs> um, right. But I think, I think this whole like sort of app based uh, virtual fitness, I, I think really will. There are people who love being at the gym and who use every tool that's at a gym that are going to go back to the gym as soon as possible. I think those people have probably already gone back to the gym, but a lot mm -hmm. of people like sort of like the, the casual sign up for a membership on January 1st and <laughs> forget about it two months later or a month later. Like I think the app based fitness program it is really convenient for those people. Right. Some surveys I've seen say almost 70% of people 
who started using online fitness services during the pandemic will plan to continue. And about 25% of Americans, according to another poll, don't want to go back to gyms. And almost 20% of gyms won't reopen. So mm. the alternatives are a must. Are there specific apps that you guys like or think are notable? I definitely think we should um, we should mention Apple Fitness Plus. Um, I don't necessarily think it's the best one, but it might be the best one for the type of people who uh, would respond to these platforms because it's very accessible. It's probably not for someone who's like super hardcore and like already has a workout in their head before they start working out. But I do feel like that's a lot of times the person who's already a regular gym goer and probably transitioned pretty smoothly to home workouts with, you know, a, a few pieces of their own equipment. Um, what specifically about Apple Plus? Based on my experience, my limited experiences with it, um, it just designed to uh, be uh, friendly to beginners and intermediate people um, in terms of like the workouts that they have. It's not going to be something that's going to like be so difficult the first time you do it with the exercises they're having you do that you get burned out and don't want to try again. They definitely took pains to to make it that way. And there's also very much a multicolor, multi-gender, multi-ability level roster of trainers that they brought on to create the programs. And I think that makes it so that anyone could feel comfortable using it. And also, you don't need a spinning bike in your apartment or home. Yeah, a lot of their workouts are little or no equipment. On Apple's website, you can buy through them some pieces of weight equipment. Um, and yoga blocks and stuff like that. But um, there is a lot of stuff that you can do just with the app for sure. Tanner, do you have a, a something you want to recommend? I mean, again, I, I don't have a, a ton of experience with, with all of them. And a lot of them are actually like really new. Like I know uh, a new one is the Equinox Plus app. Equinox is um, fitness club. They would probably not like to be referred to as a gym. Um, it's, it's that sort of place. Um, <laughs> They own like uh, Soul Cycle and uh, Rumble. I think they have integration with TB12. So there's a lot there. Um, so I see that one as as probably a big sort of upstart uh, competitor in the space. The one I've yeah. had experience with is the Jacks Jocks app, which Steve was mentioning that we have these dumbbells from them. And actually, right, app, some of the products that Apple sells are Jacks Jocks products oh interesting uh, they're connected they're connected yeah so like the dumbbells are electronically adjustable so i can from my phone i can change the dumbbells from you know 50 pound dumbbells down to a 14 pound dumbbell depending on what i'm doing with it and that the app has tons of different exercises you can sort depending on what gear you have with you um lots of instructors um parts of it that teach you how to do specific moves correctly. So it's it's pretty robust. What about if you aren't able to pick up the Jax Jocks adjustable barbells? Like, could you do a budget version of, a, of just like basics? Uh, yeah, you actually can. There's actually like a whole set of weights that Amazon does. Um, they're Amazon Basics weights that are pretty accessible. The Jax Jocks is definitely on the higher end. Um, the dumbbells are $449. It goes up to 50 pounds, I want to say. 
one thing that's that's worth mentioning is the fact that the the pandemic did motivate a lot of creativity and we saw that with um some instagram fitness influencers um one of my favorites is uh, angela gargano who's she she kills it i mean she's like a three-time american ninja warrior competitor and stuff but but she does these work these home workouts with like skillets and broomsticks and you know just like a set of chairs that she's doing you know very difficult ver variations of dips on if you have something in your house that's heavy and it has something you can hold it with you can work out with it you know seeing that kind of stuff online people have responded to and have found their own ways to work out even if they either couldn't afford kettlebells or literally just could not find them for any price besides like $1,500 on eBay. We use this term so much, but it's a sort of a, an interesting application of it. The democratization of fitness has kind of been a, a strange positive byproduct of the pandemic. Um, for people in the North and the Northeast, it's getting warmer, which means that there is a natural gym out there. So Tanner, I want to turn to you and can you give people some ideas or tips or maybe share how you uh, begin to use the outdoors more? Yeah, I would say that running is like the most basic form of fitness. In my mind, the most basic sort of form of fitness that you can do. And obviously it's a lot nicer. The, the app Strava a lot of people probably know Strava. It's essentially like a fitness tracking app and with a social media element to it. Um, and they, they recently released their whole like 2020 data report uh, from all like 70 million users or however <laughs> crazy amount of people they have on there. And, and they saw that the, the things that sort of jumped up the most were outdoor activities. So like cycling, uh, outdoor running, so that's like not on a treadmill, um, hiking, kayaking. I think they, they said like three times more people were like logging outdoor walks. You can do anything outside. It's not the same as lifting weights. You know, you can take your weights outside maybe. <laughs> Which or maybe lift uh, like, some trees and stuff like Arnold in Commando. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me of uh, like Ben Stiller's character in that movie Heavyweights. I don't know if you remember that movie. I do. <laughs> extremely, extremely ones. funny, offensive uh, movie from the 90s. Yeah. yeah. We can only reference 90s, 90s movies on this podcast. I like that. <laughs> Accessibility is another, I thought, another interesting factor, an element of the WOFHA a year we've had because a lot of people don't like going to the gym, but a lot of people also have a difficult time, you know, uh, with accessibility in gyms or, uh, you know, transport to them. A focus on working where they are working out where they live may really improve their chances of, of being more fit. On, on that point, Nick, I moved from New York to Vermont last year. Like where I'm living now, I don't know where the closest gym is. I think it's probably like 45 minutes away. For a lot of people, it, it might not even be feasible, really. What other sort of unexpected benefits of the workout from home year we've had? Can you guys come up with? Steve, do you have any um, ideas around that? I appreciate that uh, transition because it actually enables me to reference something that I wanted to uh comment about which was um when we were talking about running the bike group that i mostly ride with in new york city 
uh, Writers for Black Lives, which is an awesome group um, that's mostly fighting for social justice, but also does a bunch of other cool stuff. We did a marathon support effort for the virtual NYC marathon. And the runner that I was with told me that because there was like unlimited ability to sign up for the marathon, there were more people running the virtual NYC marathon than had ever run an actual New York marathon. But a lot of people ended up finishing in Central Park, which is normally where it finishes. There were a ton of people in Central Park on just like running across this makeshift finish line that they had there. That's definitely a huge unexpected benefit. Now it's spring. Things are starting to be safer. Do you guys have any tips or or sort of like prophecies about what's what we're going to be confronting moving into this new era? I mean, this is very general advice, but you do need to find what works for you and and not worry too much about like what other people are doing. I mean, if you want to engage with a with a with a platform that has like a huge social community and that keeps you motivated, like absolutely go for it. But at the same time, if you find your own thing, you can you can just make your own path. If nothing else, the pandemic has taught us that has shown us that there's a lot of different ways to get fit and you can, you know, keep trying stuff until you find something that like works for you. Then I guess the ultimate question is, um, our Wolfha lifestyle or working out from home, uh, has changed the way we approach fitness. Will it stick around? Our gyms coming back? Will working out from home be the new norm? Gyms are not going away. I don't think that will happen. I do think that the way we work out has changed permanently. I think a lot of people who maybe went to gyms in the past won't go back to gyms because they probably realize that they were paying for those memberships and not really using them or like went and were uncomfortable and now they have this new comfortable way to work out by themselves. Um, but I think, you know, for people who liked going to classes, I think that stuff is going to come back pretty quickly. And, you know, I think I maybe mentioned this before, but like people who are super into like lifting weights and doing CrossFit and like battle ropes and all this stuff where you really do need a full like half warehouse worth of equipment and space, those people are going to go back to gyms. But but I think that the apps just like create this new landscape, this new, it's like a, another option that is here to stay. I think Peloton bikes, connected fitness gear, all that stuff is here to stay. Good insight. Steve, do you have thoughts about how our future will look? Um, we just have, you know, we have more options and the people that dig those options will continue to do them. But yeah, I do agree that gyms won't go away and it's not just because some people like to get away from their families. There, there is also the fact that people like to be around other people. <laughs> yeah, there are there are a few reasons, Steve. You don't even have a family. I mean, no, not to like... <laughs> That's great. Well, well, guys, thank you for those insights. Um, I think we are approaching a, a sort of a brave new, at least modified world in terms of fitness uh, and obviously a lot of other aspects of life. So this is good insight and some good tips from our outdoors and fitness fellas. But let's move on to the next segment. Let's talk about some headlines. I want to pick your brains about some recent product news from around the internet. Heard of it? Uh, first one, 
The first product is this uh, iOS old school. It's a set of iPhone wallpapers and icons that look like original Apple icons from the 80s. 110 different icons that can replace all your little app icons. They're black and white, grayscale kind of things. Costs, it's four pounds sterling. It's a a British uh, product. So like six or seven American dollars. How do you feel about retrofying your device? I think it's super cool. So I like the 8-bit look for sure. I think it's kind of like, you know, like putting stickers on your water bottle. Like (laughs) it's... It's pretty like ephemeral, like you'll probably do it and then change it a week later, maybe. (laughs) Right. So stickers on your water bottle is such a Vermont thing to say. Um, But it, you know, (laughs) it's just like a fun thing. Technology is cool that you can sort of, that you can just change the way your whole iPhone screen looks. I always kind of wonder, you know, how the, the universal symbol for saving something, which I mean, most things just save automatically now, but is like a little floppy disk icon. <laughs> and I wonder about kids who like grew up after floppy disks. Like I caught the tail end of it. They probably clicked that. They have no idea what that thing is. So I feel like very shortly, maybe already, all this like retro stuff coming back is referring to things that people don't even remember at all. Right. It's a pure nostalgia play. Steve, do you have nostalgia for old technology? Yeah, I would say so. Technology has helped us so much in the past year, but it's also something that can be like exhausting. So it can be refreshing to remember the before times. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And Tanner, that's that's so sweet that you caught the tail end of floppy disks. (laughs) Yeah, it's good Mm -hmm. times. Yeah, good for you. It's probably never even played Oregon Trail. <laughs> yeah, you've never had the chance to die of dysentery in your third grade <laughs> exactly. classroom. Uh, the next product uh, headline is related to phones. Uh, it's a pop socket. Everybody knows pop sockets. It's these little things you stick on the back of your phone to like grip it better or use as a kickstand kind of thing to watch videos. Uh, but they've partnered with SOG, makers of wonderful knives and multi-tools. Tanner, can you name a SOG device? Uh, there's, a, there's a knife called the Kiku, which is kind of a fun little EDC knife. Okay, perfect. Put you on the spot. You're like, a, you're like an encyclopedia. Uh, SOG has partnered with, with um, PopSockets to make the PopGrip SOG multi-tool. It is a $25 small steel multi-tool that sits inside a pop socket. It attaches with magnets. Uh, Bottle opener, a mini pry bar, a quarter inch, and a four millimeter hex bit driver. Tanner, (laughs) you've covered this kind of space before, so you're the the right guy to talk about it. Sure, I'll go for it. (laughs) Uh, You know what? To me, this thing is like, why not? As someone who has used his phone to open bottles before not like with a case that's meant to open bottles like i see how there's a little bit of utility in in this so you are in in favor of mini multi-tools you think it's it's useful as edc or they can they can it's a really fine line and they can go either way some of them are so small that yeah they're they're pointless and and it would i'd be curious to see how this thing works like it might be as simple as the shape of it makes it really hard to open a bottle with, even though there's like a little bottle opening lever on there. Got to get a hands on with it. 
By the way, opening beer bottles with your iPhone is another very Vermont thing uh, <laughs> to do. The last one is a new activewear brand. It's called Made, a very overfunded Indiegogo campaign. It's, it's successful after just a few days. The product is, and I quote, a hard shell ski and snowboard jacket that is waterproof, windproof, and breathable. It's super durable with a premium finish featuring welded seams, waterproof zippers, three-layer waterproof fabric. The point, though, you send in your measurements and they make a bespoke made-to-measure jacket for you. And if it doesn't fit, they'll fix it. $500 to $650. What are your thoughts on that kind of model for active outerwear? It's probably kind of inevitable. There's so many examples of this in the style world in terms of like, getting made to measure shirts and suits and things like that. We actually covered recently a roundup of like the best products coming out of ISPO, which is a big European trade show that covers a bunch of outdoors and sports products. And there's another brand doing this as well, launching later this year called Advenate, which is based in Germany. Um, so we're, we're one away from, from this officially being a trend. I think it's a fun idea. I think that especially if you feel like the traditional sizes don't quite fit your measurements, it would be nice to have something like that. Uh, I think the big deciding factor will be like, do you have to pay significantly more to get this like made to measure thing? And if so, that's that's definitely a bit of a barrier. I agree. Um, it seems like the, the price point they've got there is mm -hmm. is good. Like good outerwear and the materials they're using, like I know Polartech Neoshell was mentioned in their first sort of launch. That's a great outerwear fabric. That that stuff can cost 750 bucks in my mind for like good high-end outerwear is like average. So it's, it seems okay. like it, it'll be great, yeah. I, I have to admit, it seemed kind of gimmicky to me, but uh, I defer to the pros for sure. So I'll be eager to see how that goes. Obviously, they're going to be well-funded and uh, could, like you say, Steve, become a trend. Uh, the last segment we have is Kind of Obsessed. This is a listener favorite already. Kind of Obsessed involves our guests sharing a product they are currently obsessing over, whether it's new to you, you're on your wish list, or you're testing something for work. Uh, what you got? Actually, that's an unfair thing to do. Tanner, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is actually hard, like, because I really wanted to talk about so many different things. Uh, but the, the one that I just got last week, I'm going to show it to you, actually, because I have it right here. It doesn't help podcast right. listeners. But so it's from Nemo Equipment. It's called The Chipper. It's a $20 butt pad, <laughs> which is like, it's like, so imagine a closed cell foam sleeping pad for camping, which is kind of like yeah. old school Mm -hmm. that's what this is it's just a lot shorter so it's like a seat that you can sit on on the ground or on a picnic table but they made it with uh like recycled upcycled pieces of other foam pads so it's oh wow look at that <laughs> yeah it's, it's like, like a, a really floral funky... camo almost it's one of those things that is a very simple solution to a very simple problem when you, because when you're camp, like especially if you're backpacking and you don't want to carry camping chairs because they're heavy, um, or even if you're camping at a campsite and you don't bring them because there are picnic tables there, like sitting on a picnic table for longer than 20 minutes sucks. And you just yeah. pop this thing down and it's comfy. Um, 
And you said it's solid state. It's like a foam pad. It's not inflatable. Yeah, correct. It's just squishy foam and it kind of folds in on itself. So it, it packs really small and it only weighs like five and a half ounces, 5.6 ounces, I think. So it's very light. And you, yeah, it's, you can throw it in a pond and you're not going to hurt it. You can probably run it over with your car and it's going to be fine. It's just, it's very basic, but nice. So many possibilities. Steve, what do you think about the name Chipper for something you just sit on? I don't. <laughs> I guess it, it keeps you in a chipper mood. Who says? Tanner seems pretty chipper. Uh, Steve, what, uh, what are you obsessed with? What you got? Uh, lately, I'm super excited about... Um, the Chrome Barrage Freight Backpack, which is it's $200 and it's just like super waterproof and tough. But um, want to say the thing I'm most obsessed with lately is the Priority Ace of Spades. Um, it's a new bicycle. Uh, it's $799, which is a lot less than many of the bikes that I've tested in the past year and, and probably the most fun one that I've been on. Um, I have it with a fixed gear setup um, and the thing that's really cool about it is that it has a, uh, a belt drive as opposed to a chain. The belt drive can sometimes add to the cost of a bike because you can only run that with a geared bike if you have an internal hub. Um, but if you're talking about a single speed or a fixed gear, um, and this, this bike can be both, it, it can flip um, and become single speed. Uh, it just it, it doesn't really add significantly to the cost and it makes so much sense because on a fixed gear or single speed you're very concerned with your chain tension and it can get stretched out and then you either need to like get your chain adjusted or uh, adjust the position of the back wheel or you need a new chain with with a belt drive you basically can ride it forever and never lube it or ever have to worry about it and this thing is just so smooth it just it's it just immensely satisfying to ride to ro a road bike right this is not a this is not taking this off road i mean you could but you probably should you know steer clear of potholes because it's yeah uh cool <laughs> both really great uh we'll drop some links down in the uh in the notes and share that with everybody chipper and what was the name of the bike it's the ace of spades um and they also have an ace of clubs at a slightly lower price point that's a little more accessible I mean, they've still got two more suits to go. So who knows? Who knows what's in the future? Um, <laughs> all right. That's it for Kind of Obsessed. And that is also it for this episode of the Gear Patrol podcast. Steve and Tanner, thank you for your time and for your brains and for talking about our Wofa lifestyle. Um, <laughs> listeners, everything we talked about today uh, will be linked in the show notes. Uh, and also in a post on gearpatrol.com. So make sure you're subscribed on, our pod, on your podcast service of choice so you don't miss a weekly episode. And while you're at it, we would, I would really appreciate if you reviewed and rated the pod. Those five-star reviews especially help more people find us and join in on the conversation. Uh, so tell your friends, leave us a review, tell us what you think. And if you are kind of obsessed with a product, email me at podcast at gearpatrol.com. And you'll have a chance to be mentioned on the show or just tell me what you think about the show. So Tanner and Steve, thank you again. And to our listeners, Thanks, you're welcome. Steve, do you want to thank me? <laughs> Thanks, Nick. You gave me a nice, nice break from my secret family here. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, anytime. I'd uh, love to hear more about them. Never. <laughs> so guys thanks again and to our listeners thank you for joining us 
I hope you're well. And until next time, take care.